The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. 9.29, Friday morning. Further your two comments about Jack Russell's. Oh, I know. Go on. No offence intended, but you are so wrong about those beautiful dogs. We have two and they're full of love and joy and fun and they're loyal. So take care. Do you know what that is? That's a really polite way of saying don't be a douche. And and I really respect that because I I I will absolutely take that on and say, okay, I might have met the wrong Jack Russells in my life. And I haven't met your beautiful dogs, but maybe if I did, that would change everything. So thank you for it. This is what is civil discourse. You don't have to go, you, you, you're so wrong. You, you, you should be cancelled because you said the dog. No, you, you, your lovely tone. I completely appreciate your text. We're going to be friends forever. I might even meet your dog someday. You might even bring them, you know, this is all good. But I need to go to America straight away and say good morning to Fiona Byrne Ryan. Good morning, Fiona. Good morning, Ryan. You're in America, and that's fine, and we have much to discuss, but would you please give me uh, a little bit of your life and times in Ireland before heading across the Atlantic, please? Yes, what, what, what exactly would you like to know? <laughs> Who you are, what you did. Oh, yep. That sort of thing. So, I am I guess I'm from Dublin, and I went to school there, and then I went to UCD, and I studied landscape architecture. Okay, that's a neat uh, assessment of it all, of all that. Now, when you study landscape architecture, mm-hmm. you probably have a certain uh, roadmap in life to, to take. What, 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 what would you ordinarily have done, do you think, before the, the big plan came about? Yeah, ordinarily, I guess, I would have, uh, after you've graduated from landscape architecture, you have to become registered. So you would go and join uh, a firm and then become registered to be a landscape architect. Okay. You didn't do that, though. You went to America? Yes. No, I didn't do that. I spent, uh, after I graduated, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life, to be honest. Yeah. And going and sitting in an office just did not sound appealing to me whatsoever. So when, you know, we can, Irish people can go over and do the, the graduate visa. So that's what I decided to do. I decided to take a year and go over to come over to the States for a year. Uh, you enjoyed yourself, I presume, over there and life was going fine, but I'm going to jump, leap and uh, sprint straight ahead to you meeting uh, Brandon and tell me how you met Brandon and uh, tell us a bit about him. Yeah, so I met Brandon when I was over here on my graduate visa. Um, I had made my way to Detroit, Michigan, um, seeing as I was landscape architect well, I studied this. There was a lot of uh, there's a lot of urban farms going on in the city of Detroit. It's kind of known as a food desert. There's actually no shops, shopping centers in the city, so right. uh, people are kind of going to grow their own food. And that's where I ended up meeting Brandon. Uh, I was there for five weeks. I did. I think I had like two months left on my visa. So it was. Uh, I kind of say I went there, and then I never made it home. <laughs> I see. Okay. So tell us all about Brandon. Yes. So Brandon, he is actually he's native uh, Native American. He's Mohawk tribe. Um, and, yeah, so when I met him, he was actually working in uh, real estate. He has his own re- he had his own real estate company, and I started uh, I just started working with him, kind of with my design background to kind of fit well yeah. to work together. Okay, and you started a family? And we started a family, yes. We have a two-year-old son. 
And then let's jump to October. Uh, I think it was last October. What happened? Yeah, so last October, we we sold our house. We had a house in Detroit and we sold most of our belongings. Um, and we decided that we were going to go live in a tent for a little while. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so we, yeah, we'd... It was kind of, it wasn't a, a very quick decision like that. I think I can go back to February of that year where we let go of our real estate business, actually. And we realized that everything that we were working towards wasn't really anything that we actually wanted, you know, the bigger house and the nicer neighborhood. Mm. And we had gotten the biggest paycheck that we had gotten with our business. And when we got that, we were just left completely unfulfilled. Like this wasn't, is this what it's supposed to be? It just didn't feel feel right. And then jumped to July mm-hmm. <laughs> and we ended up getting a call. So we were kind of on this search then to figure out, you know, who are we and what do we want to do with our lives? And we ended up getting a call to join um, a resistance, uh, a, a pipeline resistance up in northern Minnesota. So in October, we started this project called Running Into a New Earth. And we ended up running 227 miles uh, through the forest to raise money for the water protectors up here in northern Minnesota. So it's a campaign to, can you clarify that for me? It's a campaign to protect what from from who? Yeah, so it is a pipeline that goes from the tar sands up in Alberta, Canada. And then it goes through a lot of indigenous land here okay. in Minnesota. Yeah, and it makes its way to... There's actually a pipeline that's going to connect with that will go through the Great Lakes in Michigan as well. And is your endeavour to prevent this happening or is it to raise awareness? Um, well, it did start happening just so actually the same day that we left Ireland, or not Ireland, we left Michigan. Mm. Uh, the oil did start flowing through the pipeline. But for us, it was definitely about raising awareness and just answering that call uh, that, we, that we received uh, when we heard, you know, I was the leader of the Ojibwe up here. She said, we, we watched her on an online summit and she finished her segment with, the water is calling, come to northern Minnesota. And we just kind of, we answered that and raised money, which actually a lot of our, my Irish friends and family back home donated. So I'll just shout out to them and thank them for all the donations. Uh, and is this to do with sacred land or historical land or just broad, the broader world of ecologically sound nature? Yes, definitely all of the above. Um, Well, it crosses 227 bodies of water, which feed a lot of, two of of them go over the Mississippi River. Mm. And the Mississippi River is the largest river in America. So uh, if if the oil was to uh, burst, uh, it would just be disastrous. And tell me a little bit about living, your, your living conditions now. Are you off grid, as you say? Um, so at the moment, we are not off-grid, actually. So we spent uh, six months in the tent, and we made our way back up to northern Minnesota, where we've joined uh, Winona. She's, she was the leader of that resistance, still is. And uh, we've joined, she has a, a sustainable hemp farm up here. She has horses, and she's creating like an alternative to fossil fuels, an alter- alternative way where we can do how we can do things. And does that mean you live in, are you living in a house or are you living um, in a very different existence to the rest of us? <laughs> I guess so. We're, uh, so, yeah, we're out of the tent. Um, we did spend the winter, uh, three months of the winter in a, in a tent 
in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, which gets down to minus 20, got minus, uh. minus 26 Celsius. And we got, I think we got like 12 feet of snow over the winter. Um, but at the moment, we're actually, we've taken over a greenhouse. So we're actually in a room that's just on the side of the greenhouse. And temperatures here are actually still quite cold. We had snow this week. So we're actually keeping a wood stove going to keep, keep it nice and warm in there for the plants. And how are you sustaining your own existence in terms of, say, financials uh, as well as day-to-day? Yeah, um, so we do, um, we actually have an online, we started an online community called Truthfully Living, where we have like mentorships and teaching people how to to get back to, um, get back to the land and get back to themselves. I think part of this whole journey for us of, you know, letting everything go and moving into a tent was yes to raise awareness for the pipeline, but it was more so about, you know, discovering what it, what it means to be a human. And the earth has a spirit. And I think if we're to make the right decisions for the earth moving forward, we the first place for us to start is to connect with the spirit of the earth. So we do help people on that journey. You, what would you describe as your greatest joy in the life you lead now in a given day? In a given day, yeah. I guess there's been so many different experiences mm. over the past uh, six months, but uh, I guess one of the most ah, beautiful experiences that I'd never really thought I'd ever have, and was sitting in our in our tent over the winter when, particularly when there was lots of snow and we were just completely insulated around us, and the, the silence was so quiet. Mm. And we've gathered all we gathered our firewood from from the woods around us. And we were just sitting down at that fire, sun gone to sleep. And just the peace and the quiet was something that I'd never experienced. Just such, such grounding, really. Mm. You know the expression, you're at one with nature. That's like what it sounds like you've just described. It was, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, trees are... Humans have had a relationship with trees for since the beginning. And I'd, I'd never even thought about that before. What would you describe then as the, that's the greatest joy, what's the most challenging aspect of it all? The challenging aspect, it's immensely. Yeah. <laughs> and when we were running and everything, of course, the physically and um, t- taking up our tent and moving it was, 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 that was quite a lot too, actually, moving our camp every time. But just coming face to face with conditioning. You know, I grew up in Dublin, like, I never really spent much time out in the wild and it scared me, <laughs> honestly, yeah. to begin with. It yeah, really yeah. did. The quiet, yeah. No, I can believe that, and and it's it's, it's such <laughs> such a leap. Um, but you know, it's funny as you talk about Brandon. Your husband is uh, is uh, like a part of the Mo- the Mohawk tribe, and I often think when I think of Native America, uh, the Irish relationship with the Choctaw people, um, and so you know, I I think that. There's a certain common ground. I don't know if you if you would if that makes sense between maybe the Irish and the Native Americans. Do you do you ever see that or talk about that? Yes, no, actually, a hundred percent. And as you know, he's he didn't grow up connected with uh, that side of him. Okay. Um, for 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 many different reasons, it's kind of just there's a lot of shame actually uh, with the indigenous community of even being indigenous, just from past you know stuff, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and. As we he started to research all of that, I was like, "Wow, okay, so what does it mean for me to be an Irish person?" Mm. And I started reading books like from John O'Donoghue and an excellent book called Amakara, and 
there's so many similarities spiritually between how the Irish people used to in, interact with the land and the way the indigenous do as well. Mm. You know, funny, we were talking about Iceland yesterday and the folks, folklore. And in, in some ways, if you talk to maybe Native American or somebody with an interest in Irish uh, uh, folklore and Icelandic folklore or ancient Roman storytelling, whether it's the, the Odyssey or Greek and Roman storytelling, they're, they're generally speaking universal stories, but just tweaked to the land the story is being told on. Yeah, yes, definitely. And I know, like, Irish people, storytelling is was is, is such an important part of who we are, and that's the same over here, storytelling. Like, a lot of books are only just starting to get written now because everybody used to, the stories used to get passed down. And the beautiful thing about stories is they have that ability to change with the people and mm. the storytellers. And that's kind of really a kind of mystical magic about storytelling. So do you have um, an ambition to do something now with your family um, or are you living day to day? Um, definitely living day to day. But there's always, we are, we're, we're really searching for a new story to believe in. What, like what, what's out there for us to, to live differently and that's why we're here at this um, sustainable hemp farm. Because uh, they're just there's there's a lot there's a lot to be learned from these people and what they're doing here, um, and then but really plans like we don't know how long we're going to mm. be here. I guess until something else calls us into a different direction. But we yeah we're learning how to how to build community how to build community that's rooted rooted in the earth. Okay, but so it sounds like you're 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 up for a rather nomadic existence. Would that be fair to say? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely nomadic existence. And there's um, so Brandon's tribe is he's well originally they were from upstate New York, but the Mohawks sided with the British during the Revolutionary War, so they actually got pushed up into what's now Canada, and that's where they were granted land. Um, but we do want to go and go to his ancestral homelands. We have connections there now, and. Uh, and, and go there and, and learn as well. And there's a lot of different things that are happening around America. It's kind of crazy when you when you start to learn what's happening. So I think we'll go to other other resistances around 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 this land and uh, and see what we can do to help and raise money and awareness and see where see where it takes us. <laughs> All right. Can you tell everyone what um, what Turtle Island is? I think that's fascinating. Yeah, Turtle Island is what North America is known as. Um, if you actually look at it from like an aerial view, it kind of does look like a turtle. Yeah. And, and this would be in all of the different tribes around America. They all have their own creation story of where they came from. And it's all, it's all Turtle Island. Turtle Island. That's it's intriguing. So will you ever leave Turtle Island maybe and come over to this, this island? Uh, definitely. Oh, really? <laughs> definitely. No, Ireland. Yeah, definitely. Ireland's, uh, Ireland's where my heart is and, uh, we're just we're just here going down Brandon's roots right now, and um, we're definitely going to be moving back to Ireland and and going down mine when we get back home. Uh, not that we don't go home, we we still we come home quite regularly. I'm actually coming home in June for two of my best friends are getting married uh, a couple of weeks apart, so it's perfect timing. <laughs> okay, and you don't have you don't have any moral quibbles about getting planes and that kind of thing. That doesn't bother you too much. No, you know when it comes to all that type of stuff with sustainability and doing our best we can only always do our best yeah. and when it comes to all that it's it's everything in moderation really 
like planes are a great a great uh, thing that we can use like for say someone like me to go home to some to my friends weddings like yeah. i think you know it's it's good there's been great advancements with the human with humans yeah you're not going to get a kirk across the atlantic ocean yourself and brandon <laughs> and say you know we're, we're we're the most sustainable couple in, in the world i mean there are limits aren't there yes there's, there's definitely limits and we can always just do our best but that would definitely be something i think would be very cool because i did grow up sailing in ireland so okay. Uh, if I could, if I could sail across, that would be. <laughs> I see it. I see it in the future. That's quite the endeavour together, the three of you on a curric uh, from uh, New York to Clifton. Good luck with it, uh, Fiona. It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much, and the very best to you and Brandon and your family. Thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, and I just, uh, if yeah. anybody wants to follow along on our story, we're at uh, we are Brandon and Fiona on Instagram and and on YouTube as well, and. Um, yeah, I just want to shout out to Lara McCann, who is doing great work, work in Ireland with Climate Love Ireland. So if anybody's interested in this, definitely check her out as well. That's great, Fiona. Thanks, I mean, appreciate that very much. Fiona Byrne-Ryan joining us uh, live, as it happens, uh, from the United States this morning. And as uh, she says, her friend Lara McCann is the founder of Climate Love Ireland. That's uh, uh, what she was encouraging you to have a little look and uh, indeed at her own um, Instagram and YouTube uh, pages and things like that, uh, Fiona and Brandon. So thanks, dear. That's it. Quite the lifestyle choice and a, a total curveball in, in her world, but seems very content and very happy with it. 51551 is the text number. It's 14 minutes to 10. 